Hare Krishna. Welcome to Sankirtanam, where by giving we grow. And this is Anandamurari Das. And today I have the pleasure of sharing with you all an interview that we did with Jay Chaitanya. We did this interview actually live broadcasted on the BBT Facebook page. So go ahead and follow the BBT Facebook page and look out for, for upcoming Sangraton on interviews that will be broadcasted live. This interview with Jay Chaitanya uh, was a great joy for myself, um, having had the privilege to have some interaction with Jay Chaitanya. I, I've always been very inspired by his authentic and, and uh, genuine approach to sharing Krishna consciousness. He was a leading book distributor uh, for North America for many years. And the work that he's done in developing book distribution in North America has made an impact all over the world. Today we talk a lot about book tables and experiences that he had with book tables, as well as the mood and the intentionality that we as Sankirtan devotees can develop when we get out there on the, on the field. So, very excited to share this with you all today. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe, and please remember to give us a five-star rating. Let's make this Sangerton On podcast something that more and more people can get in contact with, because here at Sangerton On, as we say, by giving we grow. And this is what we're trying to do, to inspire more and more sharing of Krishna consciousness. So, thank you very much for listening. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Welcome to Sankirtan On. This is your host, Ananda Maria Das. And uh, we're also streaming live on Facebook. So if anyone's tuning in on Facebook, we're very happy that you're here. This is, uh, we've, been, we've been moving with this podcast for a few months now, but this is, uh, this is a nice new way to connect with everyone. Uh, broadcasting live as we record our interview. And today we have a very special guest, um, someone that I've always been very inspired by and uh, and happy to have had his acquaintance, and uh, I'm very happy to have a conversation with him today, uh, Jay Chaitanya Prabhu. And uh, he spent many of his years as a brahmachari living in uh, L.A., where he was the number one book distributor in North America, 2015, 2016, and 2017. And I know I've been uh, deeply inspired from your reinvention of the book table and the signs and, and making that a big staple of your book distribution. Um, and all of the other things that you've, you've kind of gotten involved with, including clubs at various uh, campuses and universities, as well as book distribution seminars all over the world, inspiring people how to distribute books. Because uh, there's such a, it's such a momentum thing, book distribution. And to be able to uh, share that momentum uh, all over the world is, is such an important service. So I'm very happy to be here with you today. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on with us and have this conversation. Thank you. It's, uh, it, and for, for anyone that may not know you or may not be aware, what's, what's kind of your background? How did, you, how did you come to this point of practicing Krishna consciousness and where are you at now? Kind of what's your, what's, what does that look like for you? Okay, I guess I can give a little TED Talk. Yeah, a little TED Talk. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite a story. Uh, so I'm born and raised in uh, Los Angeles, Orange County area my whole life. And um, since birth, I can say uh, Krishna has been my best friend. Mm. Uh, even when all the other gods were presented to me, I'm like, nah, man, they're... They're all right, but Krishna, you know, you got it going on. And um, I know, like, when I was in elementary school, um, I couldn't really fit into the public education school system. I felt like it was so unnatural for me to sit in a desk for six hours and study subjects that I had no interest in. Um, to me, desk. It stands for discouraging every single kid. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. So um, I just didn't plug in. And, uh, you know, I needed, a, I needed a friend. I needed a best friend. So Krishna was my friend. Mm. And I remember just talking to him. Um, he was always giving me company. Um, we would, like, 
basically just talk all day. Uh. <laughs> and um, as I grew older, um, you know, I had some negative influence. Uh, started kind of hanging out with, uh, you can say, just kind of like uh, the 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 darker side of the hip hop scene. You know, I was I was hanging out at this place called the Trap House. And there was a lot of drug dealers and things like that there. Um, and I had this real strong interest in music. And I was really trying to pursue this career in the music industry. Um, and what happened was I got an opportunity to go on tour with a hip-hop artist named KRS-One, hmm. um, who I didn't know at the time was Krishna Conscious. Actually, the KRS in his name stands for Krishna. And when I went on tour with him... During his shows, he would be uh, rapping, and then in the middle of his set, he would kind of like stop all the music and then give like a spiritual lecture. And he would be quoting from Bhagavad Gita and books like that. So I got so interested because here's KRS One, one of my idols, mm -hmm. and he's tapping into the Vedic philosophy. Mm -hmm. So when I, um, And and he would always tell me like you know JC don't don't be a don't be a manifestation of money but be a manifestation of study and he would always encourage me to just get into self realization and um, this opportunity happened where after the tour I got a chance to make a beat for a really famous hip hop artist. And I thought, man, this is it. If he gets on one of my beats, it's just gonna explode my career. But mm -hmm. then when I heard the lyrics to the song, he was talking about female exploitation, mm -hmm. drugs, intoxication, material degradation. I just felt like if this type of music goes out into the airwaves, it's just gonna lower the consciousness of the people. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to partake in something like that anymore. So I had to step away from the music industry and kind of step into the monk industry. Mm. And that's how the whole journey and process, you can say, began. Wow. Yeah, I mean, just such a, it's it's a powerful insight that you're sharing. And I'm just appreciate, appreciating the kind of just your reflection on it. You know, there's a way that, there's a way in which that when an opportunity presents itself, to to someone if for instance if such an opportunity presented myself would i have the kind of uh how rare it is rather i'll say to have that kind of conviction that let me look beyond just the immediate of my career or the immediate of this opportunity but let me see the impact that this that this vibration that i'm contributing to is going to have and it's just uh that's really nice insight to be able to just kind of consider That, that the activity that I'm performing now, what lasting impact will it have? So similarly, you, you had this reflection that is like, if I create this, if I help create this song, the backing track to, you know, couch whatever lyrics that are going to be put out there, then I'm, you're, I'm invested in that. I'm, I'm a part of that. And you don't want to be a part of that anymore. No, especially after learning the laws of karma and how I can come back as a tree. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not down with that right now. Not trees. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So then you moved into the LA ashram and how long did you live there? Well, what happened was um, before going to the LA ashram, uh, I was just looking up local temples around my area. And I actually found this really small temple just like 10 minutes away from my house. It was called the Radha Ramon Temple. Mm. And I would go there every single morning for Mongol Arti. And it was just two monks that were there, two uh, priests. And um, I was the only one there. And this temple is so interesting because it's half ISKCON and half Hindu. Mm. It, it used to be an ISKCON temple, but then it became a Hindu temple. Wow. But um, they still had all the the same music. They, the two priests were uh, disciples of Bhakti Swarup Damodar Goswami. Wow. So as I was coming every single day, they were just kind of like, man, who's this kid coming every single morning? And they began to kind of train me up. They started to teach me the songs. They taught me how to meditate on beads. 
um, et cetera, et cetera. And at this point, my life was a complete high and I was feeling so good. Um, and then what happened was I went uh, the next morning, you know, a couple months later and same as usual. But then these two monks, they kind of cornered me and they're like, you know what? We, we don't want you to come here anymore. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I thought we were like family. And they're like, no, we've been observing you. We, we don't want you here anymore. I'm like, did I commit some offense? Like, what's going on? And they were like, no, we, we've been watching you. And we think you're ready for the next level. Wow. So we want you to go to the L.A. temple. We've already made some arrangements. There's an entire community. They really wanted me to experience brotherhood and to have monks my own age and mm. just to go through that whole brahmachari training. Mm. So that's how I ended up into the L.A. ashram. Um, and and you can say right away, you know, just from reading Srila Prabhupada's books, watching all his lectures, I saw every single memories video. I just knew book distribution um, and Sankirtan is the way to really reach Srila Prabhupada's heart. So um, right away, as soon as I got there, I was introduced to somebody named Brigupati Prabhu. Mm. Um, I still remember it was Christmas Eve 2013. Mm. And Brigupati Prabhu, like legend, right? 45 years book distribution, um, champion, all that. He has like a long list of devotees who want to be his partner and what happened was um because it was christmas eve his his uh book distribution partner went home to visit his parents so he had an empty seat and um i just you know i grabbed onto that empty seat and uh, we went to the mall and um ever since then you know i've never kind of left his side um, you can say, and so for the next few years, he was my book distribution partner and, uh, just amazing training, amazing insights. And I can truly say he was a, a rock when it came to my devotional service. Yeah. I'm, I'm remembering as, as you speak about Brigopati Prabhu, the first year that I met him, I, uh, had just joined the group of devote, the RVC devotees, and I was traveling around the country with them and we went to Bonnaroo. And Brigopati Prabhu was there. I think this was uh, this was in 2000, 2012. And I remember seeing him go around with his bag, and you know he had like you know like just his pants and his button-up shirt, and he would tuck it in and everything, just looked very sweet. But he had this this that this large picture of uh, the six Goswamis, mm. and just meditating all day on the Sad Goswami Astakam. And just the mood of those six Goswamis, and that there's that line, "Dira, Dira, Jana Priyo," and and I, I saw that quality in Bhagupati also. He's just so soft and gentle and humble, and dear to all types of persons. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Even the birds. Um, he's known. Like I remember one time I went into the car, and I'm like. What's that smell? Like it smells so funky. And he actually had like two weeks old worth of prashadam all in the trunk. And he saves all his old prashadam. He doesn't trash anything. And we go into this parking lot where there's hundreds of birds. And he'll personally come outside. He'll feed all the birds. And then we'll go on to uh, our Sankirtan spot. So um, that was really incredible. I also just remember all the different adventures we would go on. Um, you know, the, the Yamadudas, uh, that's a code word for the security guards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just just crazy times. I remember one time we went to this spot. It was, uh, I think, a college campus. And there was a big uh, sign that said service workers only. No one mm. is allowed to go past this sign unless you're a service worker. And he looked at me and he's like, we're working right now, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, and we're doing service, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, so we're a service worker? I'm like, I guess so. And he's like, let's go. (laughs) So we just like, we speed it. We go past all these security guards. We get to the spot. I mean, just moments like that, you know, it was was adding a lot of um, 
fun to life. Yeah. And so this was just like, it, it, it allowed you to dive in. You, you, you had kind of grasped the importance of book distribution and how much Srila Prabhupada appreciated his books being distributed. And then you had, you had the association of such a stalwart book distributor. And that was, that's really kind of, that left a seed in your heart. I'm, 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 I'm getting. Yeah. And, um, on, on top of that, just the, the amount of magic that I was seeing every single day, mm. um, and, and the amount of transformations I was seeing, it was just solidifying. And I remember just having a full day of Sankatan, then the next morning going to Guru Puja and just looking at Srila Prabhupada and just meditating. I mean, it just, the whole experience was so magical and, um, you know, just to like maybe share a story that kind of comes to mind. Please. I mean, there, there's there's so many, but um, I remember one that really stood out. Um, I went to this college campus and I saw this, uh, saw this kid, you know, he just looked like a normal kid. And I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? You know, we're giving out books on meditation. This is like a real special book called the Bhagavad Gita. I want you to check it out. And I hand it to him. And he's looking at the book, you know, just kind of observing it. And then he kind of goes like this. And the book is starting to go up and down. I'm like, this is strange. And he then grips it really tight. And then he throws it like full speed at my face. And it's a, it's a hardcover book too. <laughs> and, um, you know, at, at this point, like as much as I was trying to purify myself, I had this real bad problem with anger. Like if somebody was to disrespect me, I'd get all up in their face. I'm like, what's up, homie? You want to go? Like, you know, and then I, I just came to a realization that, man, I'm practicing to be a monk. This is not a good representation. Please, Krishna, please purify my, me from having these feelings. So that was just like a week prior, just that whole prayer huh. um, um, to try to purify myself of getting angry. And then this, this situation happens. And I was about to, you know, get, get a little in, in the face, but yeah. I didn't. I, I calmed down. But then he began to speak and he's like, you're going to hell. Your whole family's going to hell. And this is all uh, devil worship type of stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, I guess he's with a particular religion. And then he started to say, you deserve to get your head chopped off. And, you know, at this point, like a scene was being created. There's other students coming. And he said, then he said, Allah is the only God and Allah is the only way. And I, I just realized like right in front of me in the flesh, I got a, a Muslim extremist type of student mm -hmm. here. And, um, you know, sometimes you got like going like God. And so at that moment, I, uh, I said, oh, you're from the Islam religion? I actually love your religion. I think it's a beautiful religion. I actually have a nasheed on my phone. And for those of you guys who don't know what a nasheed is, a nasheed is actually an Islamic kirtan. It's an, a beautiful a cappella prayer that's all about devotional service. And the only reason why I had a nasheed on my phone was because when I used to be a music producer, mm. I used to sample nasheeds. I used to sample... Uh, sounds from the Southeast Asia and mix it with hip hop. And I haven't heard this nasheed in years, but I just kind of said it. I'm like, I have a nasheed on my phone. And he was surprised I knew what a nasheed was. He was like, what? You have a nasheed? I'm like, yeah, yeah, check it out. And then I took out my phone and I'm like, look, listen. And I press play. And you can just kind of imagine here we are in this middle of this college campus. And all of a sudden this beautiful acapella, you know, rises from the phone and it enters the sky and he's like listening to it. And then I could even see like a tear starting to form in his eye. And then he said to me, you know, you're making such an effort to learn about my culture. Let me make an effort to learn about yours. Wow. And he took the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. So moments like that, the magic, um, 
it, it just kind of solidified that this is something um, special that we're part of. Mm. Wow. I, I remember having that, uh, this, this reflection before about the fact that, you know, before coming to Krishna consciousness, the, the kind of longing for, for some kind of experience, confirmation of like, not only my existence, like, or I mean, you know, just, I want to know that I exist, right? This kind of like existential crisis that, that people can experience, you know, I know for myself, just kind of like, yeah, do I, how, you know, do I exist? Who am I? All these things, but what to speak of experiencing God, right? Uh, Not just like once in a while, but through the practice of Sankirtan, it's like every day, these Krishna miracles, big or small, right? Yet, yet big or small, they're all significant and substantial. And, uh, and just seeing the way in which that, uh, I've heard it said too, that it's like uh, when you distribute a book and that feeling that you get of like connecting with some other living entity, connecting them with Krishna, it's like Lord Chaitanya's embrace. Right. Yeah. And if we just read the pastimes of Sham Sundar Prabhu and chasing rhinos with the oh swami. My goodness. I just started that this morning, actually. It's, it's incredible. It's, <laughs> just full of, it's full of magic. And we, we learn and read about Srila Prabhupada's Lilamrita. It's just full of magic. And I, actually, the word magic comes from the Latin magos. Mm. And magos means knowledge of the learned and priestly class. Mm. So if you truly want knowledge or if you truly want magic in your life, then you truly need to have knowledge in your life. And that's what Srila Prabhupada has provided us. Mm. Yeah, because how, how are we to see Ma- magic is going on all the time, but unless you have the knowledge of what it actually looks like or how to identify it. Right. And like with the, with, with the knowledge of, of Bhagavad Gita and, Sh- and Bhagavatam, we can see actually more factually how these these arrangements of of intention and love and and benediction are occurring in life all the time yeah there's actually a really cool street magician his name is david blaine he's he's known for doing amazing tricks and he's also does a lot of austerity type performances and he said that he likes to do magic because it helps adults who are so consumed with the nine to five to just kind of step out of that for a second and remember that there's more to life. Mm. And I think that that is something that Srila Prabhupada and his teachings are trying to provide to all of us, that there's more to life than what meets the eye. Mm. And um, that's the special movement that we're part of. Mm. When, when, you were, when, when, when you go on Sankirtan, when you've, when you've been on Sankirtan, what's, what's kind of been... A, a pervasive meditation that you have like what's 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 motivating you to keep going yeah i i think it's just Srila Prabhupada's smile like mm. what can we do to make that smile bigger and bigger mm. and that smile is connected to krishna's smile and that really means the world to to see krishna's smile and i don't know if you've had this experience but sometimes you look at the deities Mm. And they're looking like kind of poker face. Mm. All of a sudden, they'll just start smiling a little bit. Mm. And those types of uh, magical moments is, I think, what truly drives me. Plus this idea that Srila Prabhupada, he's, he's risked his life to save us. Mm. I mean, that's the real definition of a hero, somebody who risks their life to save you. So now let me risk my life to save others. And um, I think because of that, it just, it drives the Sankirtan mission more and more. And of course, we've known and we've talked about this, that Sankirtan is more than just book distribution. Um, there was actually a pastime of Srila Prabhupada where um, Bhakti Swarup Dawandar Goswami, who's a scientist, he came and visited Prabhupada and Prabhupada was so so excited and they went into the room and they locked the door and they were just talking for hours and hours and different devotees were coming. They were kind of like knocking and whatnot, but they were just so absorbed. And then finally, I think it was Tamal Krishna Goswami. After a couple hours, he opens the door and he's like, "Um, 
Prabhupada, um, should we do Kirtan now? And uh, Prabhupada, he was like, can't you see that this is Kirtan? Can't you see what we're talking about? This is Kirtan. We're glorifying. We're thinking of ways to destroy the atheists. We're trying to expand this mission. This is Sankirtan. So um, it just gives a broad definition of what Sankirtan really is. Mm. Yeah, this, to, to expand the glories and, and all, the, all the unlimited ways. Uh, I, I'm recalling that verse. Um, well, there's actually a statement Bhaktivinoda Thakur makes in his uh, Chaitanya Shikshamrita, I believe. He says, let me see if I can pull it up. He says, all of the world's... Oh, inf- he says this in the third rainfall. He says, infinite time and space and all material forms may be used as ingredients for the worship of the Lord. Yeah. Yes, yeah, what it is. And that's Sangratan. That's this. It's it's how how can we engage all the ingredients in the worship and glorification of Krishna? Mm-hmm. Mm. Make Krishna a beautiful cake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. I, I was just gonna say that um, aside from also Brigupati Prabhu, just the uh, new Dwarka community. Mm-hmm. It's it's such a special community. It's it's almost like like I've heard um, senior disciples say that they like to come to New Dwarka because they feel like they're back in the sixties and seventies. Mm-hmm. It it kind of transports you back to this mood of Sankirtan, and I really have to acknowledge our temple president Savas Prabhu who lives and breathes Sankirtan with mm. every single step. And um, for those of you who don't know, he's been the temple president at New Dwarka for the last 30 years. Um, he has an amazing Prabhupada memory story. If you guys want to research that, um, Prabhupada memory, Savas, uh, just kind of his exchange with him in regards to Sankirtan. And um, he was just such a, a compassionate individual. I remember one time, uh, you know, Sankirtan's kind of tough. You, you got to do a lot of driving. Uh, we go like distant places. And one time I was backing out of the parking lot and uh, I accidentally hit another car. Mm. And I was, I was like terrified. <laughs> I was so afraid to tell Savas Prabhu this. Um, but I, I remember going back to the temple and uh, I, I finally told Savas Prabhu, I'm like, Savas Prabhu, I got to tell you something. Like, I, uh, I, I damaged our Sankirtan car. And he, he, just like, he, he just like put his arm around me and he hugged me. And he's like, that's okay. You know, are you okay? Like accidents happen, but... I just want to make sure you're all right. Mm. And I felt that, you know, just this amount of compassion, it's like the compassion of Srila Prabhupada coming through. And so, um, yeah, I just want to acknowledge Savasbu. He's, he's an amazing individual. Have, have you gotten a chance to meet him by any chance? I've, I've met him, and I've, I've met him once when he... Um, I met also his brother Nikatma. Because they actually both joined in Denver. I mean, many mm. many years ago. But and right. I, I think I met him once when I was in LA. But I haven't had the privilege of of such extended association. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's him. There's also another devotee named Maharaj Das. Um, he's probably like 70, 71 years old or so mm. by now. And uh, he's just so cool. We would go out to different universities like UCLA. And he'd just be cracking jokes at the students nonstop. Like uh, he would be uh, stopping a, um, somebody walking. He would be like, hey, are those your shoes? Like, and they're wearing the shoes, right? <laughs> so he'd be, like, he'd be cracking jokes. And um, this is also something that really inspired me, that he was so elder um, and, and just full of life and enthusiasm. And I remember... Uh, one year going to Mayapur during the Mayapur festival and uh, he was there but he he had a cane and 
we were going around the Tulsi Puja and he was going around with this cane. And I was just flashing back to those memories and just thinking, man, this person has sacrificed so much. Mm. And here he is, just, he should be celebrated. Um, so so just experiencing those moments, I, I feel were very special to, to my own personal life. Yeah, the, the indelible marks that devotees leave on our heart when we have even a moment's association with them. What to speak of extended association. Mm-hmm. And and the way in which I think, oh, I was speaking with uh, Shastra Krit Prabhu, also, who is also a big part of the uh, LA Book Distribution team. Mm-hmm. And he was speaking about how you know, in doing these, in doing various services and doing Sangratan, just meditating upon, as you mentioned, um, the, how do I make sure the Prabhupada smile? How do I make my spiritual master smile? Or, or what if I was serving my spiritual master right now, right? And the, the, the power and the potency that that meditation has to invoke a feeling that is transferred to anyone we come in contact with. And yeah. how to how to keep that that meditation constant? Yeah, so important. Mm. You had uh, you had mentioned because um, a big part of Sangatan on is to really uh, share with people kind of more of an insight into the BBT to just to kind of understand that it's not you know. Uh, you know, something that was established many years ago, but now it's not so relevant. It's not just a place where we get books, but it's a publishing source of of Srila Prabhupada's books and Srila Prabhupada's disciples, right? So many, so many things are going on. What was your experience? Because LA, Srila Prabhupada established LA as the headquarters for the BBT. So what was your experience kind of being in the midst and in the mix of all that day in and day out? Yeah, I feel like Savas Prabhu gave a lot of um, he gave a lot of independence to his junior devotees in having say and having a platform to speak. Like I can go to Savas's Prabhu's office anytime, just knock on his door. He always make himself available, although he's doing millions of things. And I tell Savas Prabhu, I'm like, Savas Prabhu, I think we need. 10,000 more of Devaramita Swami's book, Hiding in the Natural Happiness. It's like, it's, it's a huge success out there. And he'd be like, oh, really? Okay, let's let's talk about it. And, you know, we'd map out a plan to get it from Hong Kong to U.S. and get crates and barrels of these books. Mm. Um, just, just having that type of acknowledgement being junior but him giving you this ability to have some say i felt that that was very special and when it came to the bbt it's very alive and thriving i also got a chance to travel with some Prabhupada disciples um Judah karma prabhu mm-hmm. sura prabhu uh these are all sankirtan legends and we would go to places like baltimore we would go to houston um, we would go to these uh, religion conferences and um, we would set up a, a type of uh, table for the BBT to represent, um, to try to get Bhaktivedanta Swami's books into colleges, universities, and libraries. And here we are with this table because it's so interesting with Sankatan, I'm, I'm dealing with college students and then I'm dealing with you know, hippies at music festivals, and then I'm dealing with tourists. And now all of a sudden at this event, setting up the BBT table, I'm dealing with like PhD, mm. doctorate, uh, scholars, etc. And it's still like the same cool vibe. Like, hey, man, I really like your tie. Let me check that out. <laughs> you know? Is that your um, tie? <laughs> is that your tie right there? Um, and, and it's just, it's like Srila Prabhupada's teachings. They're so universal. They meet anybody and everybody on any platform. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that BBT has so much future, so much potential. We were such a hit also at those events. Like, mm. we definitely stood out from all the other 
tables and booths that were set up. I think a big part of it had to do with these Iskon sweet balls. I mean, that was like a huge hit. We had lines, but still like just, just the type of art that we have and the type of presentation that we give off. Um, I think VBT is something very special and it's going to continue to grow and flourish. Mm. I was hearing uh, His Grace by Shishika Prabhu speak just yesterday about um, that within Krishna consciousness, it's such a, what was the word he used? It's just so um, rich in terms of, like you mentioned, the art, the philosophy, the specificity of, of who is God and what is God. And, uh, and it's, it, it leaves a, a noticeable difference when presenting Srila Prabhupada's books and presenting the books of the Vedic culture uh, of, of what's actually available and you know, what to speak of the art. I mean, I, I remember my experience of first kind of seeing Krishna conscious art and being blown away by the uh, I mean, I remember seeing a picture of the universal form from Bhagavad Gita. And uh, I remember not being able to even describe what it actually was that I was experiencing when I would see this, but that, I, that it, was, it was something so exotic, yet familiar and profound and uh, had such an impact on the heart. And that's that's just, you know a sample of, of the richness that's available in this Krishna conscious culture. Yeah, there's, I think, uh, I forgot who it was. I think it's Jedi Mind Tricks. They're a hip hop mm. group. Uh -huh. and they use the universal form uh, picture as one of their album covers. Wow. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, you've shared a few, but are there any other stories that you'd like to share just that of... of these like moments of Krishna magic or moments that really stood out that have kind of solidified for you this this commitment that you've that you've so much given your life to to distributing Prabhupada's books. Yeah, I know that um, there was a time where we wanted to start a new initiative, so we launched a website called beamonk.org. Mm where people can kind of fill out an application to try becoming a monk for several days. And um, I, I just remember having um, that availability to college students and how so many were interested and so many were actually joining and how some are still practicing. Mm. Um, I, I thought that that was very special. And I feel that's something that um, more temples can offer if um, they have the facility to do so. Mm. Um, I also remember just the experience with setting up the book table uh, because for the first few years of my Sankirtan, I was rolling around in the backpacks, stopping people. It was like machine gun style. <laughs> but after a while, I'm like, you know what? We need a tank. We just need to like chill. We just need to post up and everybody come to us. So um, we set up this table. Tables are nothing new. I mean, we've been doing them forever, but we try to make them as attractive as possible. So we put like uh, cloths and we have, I have like these little toys. I put like elephants and things like that. Um, I had CDs, uh, beads, and then books, just all very nicely decorated. And that's that stopped people. But then the real game changer was when we started putting these signs that said yoga, meditation books, philosophy books, etc. Actually, one time I picked up Vaisheshika Prabhu from the airport and I was telling him about this uh, distribution method. And he's like, you know, there's a, there's a saying in business that a business without a sign is a sign of no business. <laughs> so um, the sign just kind of uh, declares like who we are, what we're about. Mm. And literally, I felt like a cashier at a grocery store sometimes, just people lining up, ready to get books. It's so interesting because if one person is excited, then everyone else is excited. Yeah. And there's even a picture out there where um, I'm battling like 14 people. 
and it, it felt like Maharati <laughs> style, something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, but but that was super awesome. I remember one time I set up the book table, and all of a sudden I see this lady. Um, she's just running like full speed at my table, and she looked like a linebacker or something. But she <laughs> she gets to the table, she just grabs a bunch of books. She's like, "Thank you, thank you so much," and you know, she has this uh, purse and outside of her purse, there's a yoga mat ha- hanging out and she has all these crystals and beads. So I was like, okay, you know, she's she's on this path. And I just said, you know, it's so nice to see you on this yoga meditation path. And then she told me, you know, if this was, if this was 30 days ago, I wouldn't have been into any of this. I would have just rejected this table i would have went on in my merry way and i couldn't believe this because here she is yoga mat yoga pants crystals i mean she's yoga out and i'm like what the heck happened in those 30 days and she told me she she was um like a normal college student um monday to friday studies friday saturday sunday clubs partying drunk all that so she was at a club and she it was probably like one o'clock in the morning. Um, she was kind of stumbling back to her car and all of a sudden she felt something here and it was actually a gun and she got held at gunpoint. Mm. And she told me that her whole life flashed before her eyes and she realized the importance of life. And ever since that experience, she truly started to make a change. And 30 days later, she meets her book table. So I feel like that's the condition for a lot of people out there, that they're just going on with life, not really taking it seriously until something serious happens. And I feel that this year is particularly a very special year for a lot of people to tune in and just understand what the importance is. So I can definitely say that from 2021 and onwards, DBT, Srila Prabhupada, our entire movement, our entire mission, we got to be ready as soldiers because there's so many people hungry. And I think right now is the perfect time to feed them. Wow. That's wonderful. Yeah, because it's, it's, it can be very... Um, and, that, and I think we saw this with the budget campaign. The budget campaign this year, the goal is 10,000 Srimad Bhagavatam sets. And I think the final score was, it was, well, oh man, I'm forgetting you know, like 70 or like, no, 40,000 or something. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting, but either way, whatever it was, it, it, it blasted the goal out of the water. Yeah. And, uh, and what, what's so interesting about that is because, you know, one looks externally at the circumstances. Oh, we can't do street sankirtan. You know, everyone's locked in their house on lockdown, social distancing, all these things. How are we, how, how are we ever going to distribute books? Yet it was even bigger, right? So the, the, opportunity, the, the mentality to see opportunity only and to also uh, kind of catch that pulse that while the society is going to be very hungry, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of polarization. There's a lot of anger, frustration, and, and mistrust. Right, and Bhagavatam is is that light in the darkness of Kali Yuga, and people are all over the world are experiencing a lot of that darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our philosophy is perfect. I mean, just this concept of you're not the body can eliminate ninety percent of the problems that are out there. Mm. So, um, just very thankful and grateful, and also our ability to respect other religions, other traditions, other cultures. Um, I think this type of uh, vision is something that a lot of the millennials, a lot of the Gen Z people are really tuned into. Mm. So it really sets us up nicely to provide something special for them. Yeah, Prabhupada was just saying on a lecture this morning, he was saying it, it, it is not meaning that you join us, that you join this Christian consciousness movement, but you, you should be developing love of God. That is the barometer. Yeah. Right? Just this vision, this vision. It's it's not the sectarian vision. It's not my group or your group. It's it's the goal. It's love of God, 
it's how is that developing? How is that coming becoming deeper and deeper and and more um, focused and exalted in one's heart? Yeah, and you know, I, I think one of my um, anxieties or something that I don't really like that happens is when you you like text somebody or you call somebody and then they don't text you back mm. or they don't call you back. I'm like, man, this sucks. What's going on? Why aren't they replying? Mm. It's like a real anxiety for people. And I'm just thinking that, you know, sometimes maybe this is how Krishna's feeling, mm. that Krishna's reciprocating in so many ways. He's sending us so many text messages, but we don't reply. We don't acknowledge and I think that what we're trying to provide with our teachings and books is just this idea of reciprocation and acknowledging the Supreme Lord in our lives, which right is back. so special. Yeah, that's right. Text, text back. Text back. Yeah. Oh, man. So I want to, uh, I want to ask just a series. We'll kind of end our conversation with a, a series of rapid-fire questions, if you're, uh, if you're agreeable. Yeah, I'm not so good at this, but we can try. <laughs> and uh, and really, just kind of whatever whatever comes to the mind first. And uh, yeah, we'll just go for it. So first, rapid fire: What does true happiness mean? True happiness <clears throat> means to follow the instructions of your superiors and teachers. Hmm. What does it mean to serve? Serve means to um i think serve means to give favorably hmm. i guess yeah that's nice yeah and what is true friendship true friendship is anybody who helps you reach your destiny that's a true friend hmm. and do you have a favorite verse yeah, I really like in the Bhagavad Gita 15 chapter, no, 12th chapter, text 15, where Krishna says, who's dear to me? The person who's dear to me is that person who does not disturb anybody and at the same time is not disturbed by anybody. I mm. thought that was just like a really cool word played by Krishna. Mm. And um, Krishna really reminds me of like Biggie Smalls. <laughs> this is wordplay. It's so amazing. <laughs> So yeah, I really like that verse. Twelve fifteen. Yeah. And uh what what is a, a favorite pastime or the first pastime that comes to mind of Lord Chaitanya or Krishna? Oh my god. Okay, so I gotta I gotta uh, this is not so rapid fire. I'll try to make it rapid fire. No but worries. There's there's feel a feel free to feel free to milk this one. This one can okay. that's why we put it last. Okay. So <laughs> there, there's this there, we have this brahmachari in the LA ashram. And he's known for having like all these esoteric books and he like hides them from the temple president. He doesn't want anybody <laughs> to know. So like when nobody's looking, he'll be like, come in, like almost like a drug dealer. <laughs> We'd go into his room. He'd like open up this shelf with like all these books. But um, one, one time he was reading this pastime of um, Krishna and the cowherd boys. And it was all about how Krishna and the cowherd boys they get together and it's Krishna and Balram in the center and then all the gopas are surrounding them mm. and then Krishna, no, Balram, he begins spinning on his head and Krishna starts doing cartwheels and all the gopas are like, go Krishna, go Balram. <sighs> and in my head, because I'm, I'm such a hip-hop individual, I, I noticed like, man, this is like, this is b-boying. Mm. And it's just kind of showing me the connection. Because KRS-One always talks about how hip-hop is so connected to spirituality. Mm. And even if you look at this word hip-hop, like hip means awareness and hop means movement. Mm. So it literally means move with awareness. And that's the same principle of Bhagavad Gita, which is meditation and action. Mm. So there's a strong connection with hip-hop and I feel Bhagavad Gita and Krishna consciousness. And when I when I read that pastime, it just it just kind of like brought it home for me and it okay. made me realize like Krishna is hip hop. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. 
Thank you so much, Prabhu, for uh, your time, for your insight, for your uh, just sharing so much of your experience and so much of yourself. I'm, I'm deeply grateful. This is my uh, highest joy to be speaking about this. Uh, there's nothing more special than talking about these topics. So mm -hmm. thank you for bringing me out of my back cave and um, letting me have this opportunity. Yeah, of course. And and uh, I just look since we're going live on Facebook, Nam Ras has come and he said, what up, JC? Nam so, Ras. Nam Ras he, is sending some love. Yeah, he's, he's definitely hip hop. I really enjoy his company. Yeah, I feel like people like Nam Ras, um, individuals like that, they really bring so much inspiration to the youth when it comes to Krishna consciousness. Yeah. And it just shows how how diverse and special this movement is so um people like yourself as well so many just this whole new generation this whole new wave i think it's gonna really spread um what we represent in much broader and universal ways yeah um and you know if i could be gvc if i could have some authority in iskan one mandate that i would set in place is that every single temple should have a recording studio mm. because the basis of our movement is sound and we have so many talented musicians and every temple needs a recording studio because we need to be recording songs put out that and, sound vibration yeah to distribute so let's see if we can pass that resolution so we'll, we'll, we'll put this in uh, as a as a vote jay chaitanya as future gbc member and, uh, and <laughs> let's get recording studios everywhere. That's Thank right. you so much, Prabhu. I really appreciate it. Um, I've had such a blast talking with you. And uh, I'm looking forward to having more of your association. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for that dinner when I came two years ago. I did yeah. the squash soup. I mean, it was and incredible. And a hymns of paneer and I think quinoa or something like that. I mean, I, I still remember it to this day. That's so. awesome. Well, anytime, Peru, please come yeah. come down. We'll feed you. We'll we'll feed you some pizza, homemade pizza. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Nice. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for listening to Singerton on. Please subscribe and and share this. Let this let this let's get this vibration out as far and wide as possible. Uh, we're trying to spread inspiration for Sangatan because by giving we grow. And this is a real opportunity in this age, specifically coming in the line of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to grow with this process of giving. So thank you very much for listening. Hare Krishna. Thank you again for listening to Sankirtan Ram. Please feel free to subscribe and share with your friends for regular updates and inspirational stories on how, by giving, we grow. Thank you for sharing this time with us. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.